0: I'm always changing things, Jones. I'm always trying to make things better, and maybe that's not a good thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> it's always good to improve, but sometimes if you don't stick with something, you never have time for it to settle in.
0: And if you don't stick with Jesus and don't give him time to settle into your heart, well, that's a good thing.
1: Forty fucking years was plenty long enough for him to get his act together. He never showed up, so fuck that's
0: that That's right. He just gave me nothing, Jones. I feel very ripped off. hmm Happy to... 20th anniversary, John.
1: Well, technically it's our 20th anniversary since we met. Sure, our wedding was cool and everything, and we'll celebrate. 20 years of being married in May, but as we are not religious anymore, when my wife and I, we met, we went on a date on the 23rd, and then the 24th, she called me up and I went over and we're pretty much inseparable from that point on. Well,
0: that's wonderful. The
1: whole thing about your wedding anniversary, it's simply the commemoration of the date that you first had sex in Mormon culture.
0: Right. So, And it's kind of a silly thing to commemorate, really, isn't it? Because it's not the beginning of your relationship.
1: No, exactly. And so I tend to put equal weight on both the anniversary of the day that we went on our first date and the anniversary of when we got married, which was a little less than six months. <laughs> which, by Mormon standards, is
0: that was a pretty extended courtship. Oh, wow, Jones. Slow and steady.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently. My mother and father, I think they were three months, and they weren't even good Mormons because my mother moved in with my father right after their first date. <gasps> Ooh! And and if I recall correctly, my in-laws, like they went on three dates and then we're talking about marriage. So compared to their track (laughs) records, we did take it slow.
0: It's a lovely story. I've been watching your countdown to the 20 Mm -hmm. because you've been posting like a picture and a little story for every day for the last.
1: I just wanted to show how cool my wife was. And I also wanted to show how much things changed since we
0: first met. That's so wonderful. I'm a fan. (laughs) All right. Well, there was a few things that I wanted to talk about today and I put them in your chat. The
1: lady who wouldn't bake the cake for the lesbian couple and the judge saying that she did nothing wrong. It's
0: almost like a cliche because we've heard this idea of this prototypical example of governmental overreach or freedom of religion or something. And the courts actually won in her favor. She was allowed to not bake the cake.
1: And this is, actually not even the first time it's happened this has happened a few times
0: right right. so what do you think of the result of this should horrible people be allowed to be horrible when it doesn't actually hurt other people well (laughs) or is that oversimplifying the issue by saying it that way
1: that's exactly what that is that's
0: all right tell me about it jones give me your thoughts
1: first of all she said no i'm not going to make a cake for you Because my religion says you're gross, so I'm not making a cake. Right. What happens with religion says black people are immoral. Or it says that people who don't wear a hijab on their head are not worthy.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. As of now, majority religion here in the United States is Christian, you know, and we have this ingrained idea of separation of church and state, et cetera, et cetera, you know, not suppressing religiously held beliefs. But what if it's a religiously held belief that is morally repugnant to us? Are we going to feel the same way?
0: I think you made a really good point there with the racing, because that's the typical argument that gets brought up. It's like, okay, well, if you're going to distinguish on that, what if a black person walks in? Are you going to say, I have the right? to not serve a black person?
1: Right. Or what about a Jewish person? Right. And I was reading through the comments. Don't do that, but I did anyway.
0: Oh, yeah. Don't do that, (laughs) Giants.
1: So somebody was pointing out that an artist should not be forced to create their art for something that they are morally opposed to. Hmm. Say a Nazi came in and said, I would like you to build a sculpture of Hitler and make him strong and powerful and wonderful. And the person and says, no, I'm sorry. I'm morally opposed to that. Mm. Is that a problem? Well, there's art and this is art and I can see an argument, but then what happens if you are a provider of something a little bit more important? Let's say, for example, you are a... Mechanic, And you get a late night call to help somebody on the side of the road. Their car's broken now, You go out there and they are gay or they are a minority or they are wearing a hijab or they are whatever. Right. What? And you say, no, my religion says that I should not interact with you, that you are taboo. So, no, I'm not going to help you. Then you may actually be causing them harm because what if they're stuck on the side what? of the road? What if a semi-truck doesn't see them and runs them over and they die? Well, then you're causing harm. If you try and say that just because they are an artist, oh, it's just a wedding cake. Who cares? Anybody can make a wedding cake. Well, then you are opening it up to other people saying, well, why can't I say that? It's my strongly held religious belief that gay people are icky, so I don't have to provide them services, or that trans people are icky, or that brown people are icky, or that people with mustaches are icky. <laughs> or bald heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the beard and mustache mustache thing that's a choice you can have that being bald I don't have really well I guess I do have a choice I could not shave and have bits of hair here there
0: but it's the correct choice done. Yeah. <laughs> it?
1: it looks good but like this is discriminating against somebody because of who they are something they cannot control something is part of who
0: right. they yeah. are
1: and so it's a messy issue because if you are allowed to say no just because of your strongly held religious beliefs you're enabling somebody to say no for a ridiculous reason that will harm somebody. Like on one side, I'd be like, well, okay, yeah. If you are not going to serve queer people, maybe we need to have it so that they have a sign that says, will not serve queer people. But uh, then again, that's what we did back in the Jim Crow era.
0: I know. White It feels really bad, doesn't it? It -hmm. it feels too reminiscent of it.
1: Exactly. And so... Something that a lot of businesses do is they advertise that they are pro-LGBTQ.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And I think I remember reading in the article uh, that you posted that at least part of the reason for the judge's ruling had to do with the legal arguments that were presented. So it wasn't like, no, they should have the right. It wasn't entirely that, but I think I remember reading that it was like, okay, well, the way the case was presented in this, it didn't really meet the threshold or whatever of Mm. what needed. Needs to be proven. So we right. have to roll this way. So I don't know.
0: And that's interesting because I think when you look at cases like this, people try to come up with a blanket statement that solves every case. Right. And I don't know if it's possible because it's a gray area.
1: It's an extremely gray area.
0: And this is the problem with the law and people and gray area. Mm -hmm. We don't deal Mm -hmm. with gray areas very well.
1: Oftentimes there has to be a line because people are always trying to push the line.
0: Like the number of months a fetus can be aborted at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And both sides are going to be unhappy wherever that line is drawn. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: basically. That's democracy. So, yeah, you know, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> if this lady is not going to provide service to LGBTQ people, on one side, it's like, well, I hope that she gets boycotted by everybody who is an ally.
0: You'd hope that society sorts itself out,
1: right? But then you get into the mob mentality.
0: Yeah, that's bad too. But.
1: I've seen it happen Yeah, I don't want to see This woman's business destroyed What I would like to see Is for her to realize That queer people Are people And that Lesbian money Spends just as good As straight money So maybe Get the fuck over it But how does that happen
0: I don't think It's going to happen With some people And we shouldn't have To force them To change their beliefs As long as they're not Hurting other people But then again We don't want to get A Jim Crow era Thing going on Exactly
1: Well I mean The Nazis were hurting people in the beginning, but they started to and then they start hurting a lot of people mm. you know so again yeah. you know how long do you step back from bigotry and say okay we can't force our morals on these people until it goes oh shit fuck they're killing 6 million people oh shit I guess we should have paid attention to that one
0: All right. it's
1: tough to to know what to do
0: as a person who is LGBTQ considering the climate that we live in that I could go down the street to another place and they would happily make a cake for me mm-hmm. I would be more than happy to respect that person's religious right to not bake a cake for me. And I really wouldn't feel that hurt. In fact, I would kind of be grateful that I was made aware that this person, if they did end up making a cake for me, would be begrudging it.
1: Right. Maybe they spit in the dough or something.
0: Right. Yeah. So they're kind of being upfront with it. And I'm like, okay, I respect that. I'll move to the next one. But let's just say I lived in a society where I couldn't actually find easily another baker then i kind of probably would want it to be a law so it's crunchy you can't just say things as blanket this should be the way it is it's great well i don't know if we solved anything today and that's kind of the point of this segment Yeah, exactly crunchy political issues where Mm -hmm. we show why they're crunchy
1: yeah
0: by Playing devil's advocate and playing both sides of it and saying, hey, this is kind of true both ways, depending on how you look at it. So don't get so mad at each other and try to see each other's point of view and (laughs) be nice to each other, okay? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So in Deseret News, there's this piece. It's called a perspective piece or an opinion piece. The courts are coming for monogamy. We should resist. Deseret News, if you don't know, is the church owned and run uh, propaganda.
0: (laughs) I love hopping on their website and just browsing the last week's articles. This is where I get my Mormon fodder from. Mm -hmm. Their takes on things are hilarious. Maybe they don't realize just how much comedy they provide.
1: That would require them to have a little bit of insight into anything other than what their opinion is. So I don't think it would work. (laughs) Anyways, the thing that I found hilarious is you read through it, and basically their argument is, we should be against this because it's not monogamy. They're not saying anything really about why. (laughs) They're just saying anything that's not monogamy is not good. They seem to forget that there are Mormon prophets who have said exactly the opposite thing, Uh who have said that monogamy is crap, and we should do monogamy. In fact, Brigham Young, in the Deseret News, their own paper Stating explicitly that monogamy is not of God. Flat out saying it. Wow. (laughs) Like, here's a couple. This is Deseret News, Volume 12, Number 6, 1862. (laughs) Thus, this monogamy, order of marriage, so esteemed by modern Christians as a holy sacrament and a divine institution is nothing but a system established by a set of robbers.
0: Oh, really? It wasn't Mm -hmm. established by God or anything like that? No,
1: by robbers. No.
0: By robbers. Uh, Mm -hmm. And what was his reasoning for that?
1: Because they were doing polygamy. Here's another great quote from Brigham. Deseret News, August 6th, 1862. Monogamy, or restrictions by law to one wife, is no part of the economy of heaven among men. Such a system (laughs) was commenced by the founders of the Roman Empire.
0: Right.
1: Rome became the mistress of the world and introduced this order of monogamy wherever her sway was acknowledged. (laughs) The other thing is the people that wrote this opinion piece, they are all faculty or professors of Brigham Young University
0: right I saw that at the bottom
1: Brigham Young the guy who's just fucking saying this stuff that monogamy is bullshit (laughs) and (laughs) your institution's named after Uh now you're saying that monogamy is the superior way and that we have to abide by monogamy for everybody make up your fucking mind
0: right it seems like their main argument it just stops marriage having a meaning anymore which could then have legal consequences
1: I suppose but
0: yeah I don't care yeah yeah,
1: I don't (laughs) care like i'm committed to my wife whether we are married or not
0: yeah exactly
1: another argument that they're making in this article is that for people in polyamorous relationships there has to be communication and they have to be renegotiating and they have to be talking and that's what happens in any relationship you dumb motherfuckers yes that's just the relationship so what the fuck like i have been in a monogamous relationship for 20 years and fucking been doing that all 20 years so so, your argument is stupid.
0: You should be choosing each other every day. And if you're not, yeah. then it's time to renegotiate. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can still come up with a happy agreement. Right. But that negotiation, which you could also call communication, right? Mm-hmm. Needs to happen with couples yeah. or throuples or quadruples or anything.
1: The other thing they said is that it requires this form of communication and negotiation. People may not be prepared for that. Fuck you. Yeah. You belong to a religion that actively encourages people to get married as soon as possible.
0: No negotiation there. When my wife and I got married, we weren't
1: prepared. We went from being married to my wife being pregnant in three months.
0: Wow. Doing
1: it was difficult as hell. Yeah. And yet they would say that my monogamous marriage to my wife still is better than a polyamorous marriage or relationship just because it's monogamous.
0: You fit right in there in Utah with your lovely little monogamous marriage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But their argument is just ridiculous because what they're saying invalidates polyamory is the same thing that's experienced in a monogamous relationship or really any relationship whatsoever
0: i just want to read it out because it says it so succinctly about where this person or people's ideas are coming from and just Mm -hmm. how messed up it is so it says proponents of polyamory say that issues of time spent together resources and sex will have to be negotiated and renegotiated with open and continuous communication but that is the point em dash (laughs) when Mm -hmm. everything is perpetually up for renegotiation marriage becomes a perpetually negotiated domestic partnership arrangement that persists as long as everyone feels good about it opening marriage to polyamory ultimately means liquidating its meaning beyond recognition and i'm just thinking are you listening to yourself
1: motherfuckers (laughs) As far as they're concerned, you know, these are all Mormons, marriage is a patriarchal system. What the man says, goes. So there's not going to be any negotiation.
0: I just feel sorry for them. They must be having so little agency in their relationships.
1: That's part of the problem is they don't see that a marriage should be a constant, perpetually negotiated domestic partnership arrangement that persists as long as everyone feels good about it. Right. Fuck you. Why would you be in a marriage that you don't feel good about? Right. Why should you stay in it? That's the hallmark of a successful relationship. Right work to make sure that both people feel good about it, that both people want to be
0: in it. Because the opposite of that is being stuck and not being able to negotiate. It's like slavery. That's the opposite Mm -hmm. of not having negotiation power. Mm -hmm. And that sucks harder, much, much Mm -hmm. harder and it's not fun Mm -hmm. either. The whole point of a relationship is to relate. If you're not relating, what is the fucking point?
1: As far as Mormons are concerned historically, the point is to pop out babies for Jesus.
0: Which, just does not make sense. Jesus doesn't need babies. Why would Jesus need babies? If
1: Jesus really wanted to keep all those babies, he would solve all the problems that are causing women to die in childbirth to
0: go away. Jesus would have saved Joseph Smith's kids that died if he really gave a fuck about it. Right.
1: Or all the kids and the mothers and everybody else that died while well, coming across the plate. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not about babies. It's about forcing people to be punished for what you perceive their sins to be the sin Mm. of having sex outside of a non-negotiated non-mutually satisfactory monogamous marriage
0: yeah It's all about locking people in, isn't it?
1: Mostly people with uteruses and and vaginas. Yes, but
0: yeah. Uh, But I also feel like it does lock the men in as well. Without a doubt. I mean, while I personally
1: feel that patriarchy is harder on women, you're right. It affects the men as well because it forces the men to conform to a system that may or may not work for them.
0: Right.
1: It forces the men to regard Their fellow human beings who just happen to have different bobs and bits from them has lesser than. It also forces the men to not touch their little factories or they're going to fear they're going to hell.
0: (laughs) It's funny too because Christianity often bangs on about how Jesus brings freedom. Mm. Freedom from what? It just seems to be one slavery after slavery Mm -hmm. after slavery to something that doesn't even work properly and is so counter to any enjoyment you can get out of life life and anything that makes life worth living why would you do that in
1: mormon mythology jesus and satan were brothers and there was a grand council in heaven everybody came together to hear these two plans one presented by jesus and one presented by satan and satan said i'm going to force everybody to do the right thing so everybody can come back to heaven and be in god's presence and jesus said i'm going to give everybody the choice to do that and god liked jesus's plan and anybody that agreed with Satan's plan got kicked out of heaven and didn't get a body. But the Mormon church more follows along with Satan's plan of forcing everybody to do what's right than they do with Jesus' plan. That's why we've got ridiculous alcohol laws here in Utah, because the church wants to force people not to drink alcohol.
0: Freedom isn't free, Jones.
1: I mean, no matter what religious group it is, I think some Eastern religions, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not that familiar with it. But the religious attitude is forcing everybody to follow what you think your imaginary friend in the sky is telling everybody to do.
0: That's right. (laughs) All right. So... Should we get on to reading what Joseph Smith's imaginary friend told him? Mm -hmm. It wasn't an
1: imaginary friend. It was a very, very real rockin' hat.
0: With eyes that spoke back at him. All right. Do you want to give us the preface? I haven't read any of this, by the way, so this is going to be fresh for me. I'm excited. Well,
1: guess what? (laughs) It's it's more of the same bullshit. Ah,
0: fuck. um, Because they're off in the desert with some dude who's currently being subjugated by Lamanite.
1: Yeah, it's Ammon.
0: That's right.
1: Talking to King (laughs) Limhi. Of the Nephites that went back to the land of Lehi Nephi (laughs) that was currently being occupied by the Lamanites. And yes, they are being subjugated by. Lamanites,
0: all right, give us a preface, Jones. Tell us all about it.
1: All right, chapter 8 Ammon teaches the people of Limhi, he learns of the 24 Jaredite plates. Ancient records can be translated by seers, (laughs) no gift is greater than seership. About 121 BC,
0: he's talking himself up there, isn't he? (laughs) Joseph interjects
1: himself into the Book of Mormon quite a few times.
0: Oh my god,
1: like there's one verse where he's like, and the man that will bring in the next dispensation will be named Joseph, and he will be called (laughs) such after his father. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it, Joseph, (sighs) Jesus Christ. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. First one, and it came to pass that after King Limhi had made an end of speaking to his people, for he spake many things unto them, and only a few have I written in this book. He told his people all the things concerning their brethren who were in the land of Zarahemla, and he caused that Ammon should stand up before the multitude and rehearse unto them all that had happened unto their brethren from the time that Zeniff went up out of the land, even until the time that he himself came. Up out of the land. And he also rehearsed unto them the last words which King Benjamin had taught them and explained them to the people of King Limhi, so that they might understand all the words which he spake.
0: When he says rehearse, it sounds like King Limhi has ordained a Shakespearean play to be put on before him in <laughs> an acting troupe.
1: There you go. Yep.
0: They didn't need to worry though about the men playing female parts because this is a Mormon story and there are no Right, there parts. are
1: no women parts, Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's right,
0: yep. All right, my go, verse 4. And it came to pass that after he had done all this, that King Limhi dismissed the multitude. That's right, go home.
1: Get out of here.
0: I find it difficult that it would actually be a multitude, though, Like, because isn't he just one city that's subjugated by all of these Lamanites? Yeah,
1: and Zenith only left a couple hundred years ago, so how many of them could there be?
0: Yeah, how is there a multitude?
1: The population growth models in the Book of Mormon are complete bunk. (laughs) They don't make any logical sense whatsoever. (laughs) But, oh well, par for the course.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and cause that they should turn everyone to his own house. Oh, okay, so not only did they only walk away from the other group a generation or so ago, they all now have houses. Yes. Despite the fact that they've been raided by Lamanites all the time, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Well,
1: keep in mind that Lehi and his people had a temple within just a couple years. Like, somehow, they had that many people on the boat that they could build a whole fucking temple right as soon as they got to the Promised Land.
0: Ah, Again, right.
1: logic, is it doesn't happen in this book.
0: And we now know what the temple looked like because Rusty showed a little clip of their next mini-series from the Book of Mormon that they've been putting together.
1: Oh yeah, I think I half-hearted watched that.
0: Jesus beams down from heaven in front of their temple. Oh yeah,
1: you showed us that, yeah.
0: Yeah, it kind of looks like a Jewish temple with Aztec symbols on it. It's really yeah, dumb.
1: basically. <laughs> <laughs> that set that they filmed that on is actually just about 30 miles south of my house in a oh, town really? called Goshen. Yep.
0: Goshen. Oh, wow. Well, good yeah. shit, Gashen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it into the ocean.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I don't know if you've actually seen any of the films that the church put out about the coming of Christ to America or anything like it, back in the 90s. I
0: haven't.
1: No. All of those motherfuckers are white in brown face. Every oh. single one of them is a white person with brown makeup on their face. But I was noticing that on this clip, there was a lot more people that were actually genuinely colored that way from birth. Right. Except for Jesus, he was still white as fuck. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's the whitewashing of Jesus. They took a person who was supposedly born in the Middle East among Aramaic people and...
0: And got a white person to play it.
1: In some of the films that were done in the early 2000s, I actually knew the guy who played Jesus, and he was a white dude from Austria.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) That's so white.
1: (laughs) Extremely white. But he was
0: playing Jesus. Oh, dear. (laughs) Alright, so he put them all back to their own houses that they apparently have. Verse 5. And it came to pass... That he caused that the plates, which contained the record of his people from the time that they left the land of Zarahemla, should be brought before Ammon, that he might read them. So, is he saying that they've made some new plates since they went off into the wilderness Mm -hmm. from the other people?
1: Because that's just the way you keep records is, you know, chiseling them into plates.
0: Right. As
1: opposed to writing on a clay tablet. Or writing it on papyrus.
0: Right. They only know how to chisel into metal for some reason. Mm-hmm. All right. So, verse six. Now, as soon as Ammon had read the record. <laughs> Because he can read. Mm-hmm. The king inquired of him to know if he could interpret languages, and Ammon told him that he could not. If you know two languages, you can interpret between the two. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are they talking about? I think he's going to start talking about a spiritual gift, isn't he? That doesn't mean anything.
1: Mm, well, kind of. <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah, basically. That's exactly what's going to happen. Verse 7. And the king said unto him, Being grieved for the afflictions of my people, I caused. That forty and three of my people should take a journey into the wilderness, that thereby they might find the land of Zarahemla, that we might appeal unto our brethren to deliver us out of bondage. And they were <laughs> lost in the wilderness for the space of many days, yet they were diligent, and found not the land of Zarahemla, but returned to this land, having traveled in a land among many waters, having discovered a land which was covered with the bones of men and of beasts, and was also covered with ruins of buildings of every kind, having discovered a land which had been peopled with a people who were as (laughs) numerous as the hosts of Israel. And for a testimony that the things which they had said are true, they have brought 24 plates which are filled with engravings, and they are of pure gold.
0: Yes. It's like Joseph started off on this little tale and now he just has to keep working it into his story and the Uh. lies just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: These are not the gold plates that Joseph found. These are different gold plates.
0: Oh, fuck me.
1: They're pure gold, which is hilarious (laughs) because it was pointed out that there was no way in hell that you could engrave on pure gold and have it not squished flat when you closed it and also it would be too heavy for Joseph to carry while he was running through the woods. You have apologists who have been saying, oh, well, uh, it was a gold alloy or it was, you know, it was a different kind of metal. It was just gold in color. They're ignoring the fact that the Book of Mormon itself says repeatedly pure gold, pure gold, pure gold, pure gold. What
0: does pure gold mean if the pure is meaningless? You can't redefine words till they just don't mean anything anymore.
1: It's the same thing that they're doing with like, oh, white delightsome and skin Mm -hmm. of blackness doesn't mean that their skin it was black kiss it does you fuckheads get over it oh well when they said horses they meant tapirs not an actual horse it was a tapir a horse is a horse right (laughs) or the swords weren't actually metal they were wood with obsidian no you fuckers this is yeah that's stupid
0: wood with obsidian oh my god that requires so much cognitive dissonance an incredible amount of
1: cognitive dissonance because they're like okay well this is what a kind of sword thing actually was and we have to have these people be Labanites, so they have to have the metal swords. so we're gonna ignore the fact that it said metal and try and force reality to fit with our stupid make believe Bible fanfic.
0: It would have been cleaner for them to have just said look it does say pure gold we believe it was pure gold even though that's totally impractical and the structural integrity of the gold was held up by the power of God. Mm, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Because you can't argue with that. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's pure magic now.
1: Yeah, apologists only come up with arguments to fix that one problem. And that one solution they came up with rarely applies to anything else.
0: and behold also they have brought breastplates which are large and they are of brass and of copper and are perfectly sound (laughs) i bet they make a gong sound when you hit them too and again they have brought swords the hilts thereof have perished, and the blades thereof were cankered with rust. And there is no one in the land that is able to interpret the language or the engravings that are on the plates. Therefore, I said unto thee, Canst thou translate?
1: What's happening is, at okay, first, it was Zenith and his folks that left, and they went to the land of Lehi Nephi, and they established a city, blah, blah, and then they got subjugated by the Lamanites, blah, 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 blah. And Then, Limhi sent out 40 of his people to try and find their way back to Zarahabla.
0: Oh.
1: But they got lost, and while they got lost, they found all these bones and these buildings and these plates and breastplates and shields and shit like that. And on the plates, there was language that they didn't recognize.
0: Right. So, they found a battleground.
1: Disclaimer, none of this happened. They didn't find a goddamn thing. No. What apparently they found was the remains of an entire civilization.
0: Which they didn't because it's a story, and if you do find the remains of North Americans in North America, you will hear that they are the remains of North Americans in North America. Right. (laughs) Not Lamanites.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, these remains actually weren't Lamanites or Nephites. They're another people.
0: Oh, so much bloodshed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wonder what their story is on their plates. If they're not Nephites or Lamanites, what will they say? Uh, we'll get to it.
1: They are I hope the it's a good story.
0: I hope Joseph can not actually particularly. manage to get it up and no, tell a good story. No. <laughs> it
1: does have magical rocks in it, uh, if you're oh. into that. Ask Magical rocks in the Tower of Babel. Oh, and Ancient Wooden Submarines. It also has that.
0: Ancient Wooden Submarines. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that's different. Yep. Verse 12, And I say unto thee again, Knowest thou of anyone that can translate? For I am desirous that these records should be translated into our language. For perhaps they will give us a knowledge of a remnant of the people who have been destroyed from whence these records came, Oh perhaps they will give us a knowledge of this very people who have been destroyed. <laughs> Didn't he just say that?
1: In a different way.
0: I just want to go back on that because it says, For perhaps they will give us a knowledge of a remnant of the people who have been destroyed. And then later on it says, Or perhaps they will give us a knowledge of this very people who have been destroyed. Destroyed.
1: First, it's Joseph Padding. Second, he's trying to say maybe it'll tell us something about a small portion of the people. Alright.
0: That were uh, destroyed. That
1: were destroyed. Or Perhaps it'll tell us about all the people that were destroyed. So the remnant of the people, a small portion, and the very people, the whole portion. I think that's what he's trying to say.
0: He could have just said, maybe it will tell us about these people, and maybe there's a small remnant.
1: Give us some information about these fake dead people. (gasps) Yes,
0: for certain.
1: All right. Now Ammon said unto him, "I can assuredly tell thee, O King, of a man that can translate the records, for he has wherewith that he can look and translate all records that are of ancient date, and it is a gift <laughs> from God. And the things are called interpreters, and no uh. man can look in the yeah, and no man can look in them except that he be commanded, lest he should look for that he ought not, and he." should perish and whosoever is commanded to look in them the same is called seer
0: so not a seer just seer
1: Seer, yes (sighs) and behold the king of the people who are in the land of zarahemla is the man that is commanded to do these things and who has this high gift from god and the king said that a seer is greater than a prophet
0: Ah, uh, Joseph would like that, wouldn't he? Mm,
1: well, <laughs> leaders of the church are prophets, seers, and revelators.
0: They're a triple threat, Jones.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Well, here's verse 16. And Ammon said that a seer is a revelator and a prophet also, and a gift which is greater can no man have, except he should possess the power of God, which no man can, yet a man may have great power given him from God. Uh. So, when the quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are called prophets, seers, and revelators, if we look here in verse 16, so they are prophets and revelators, it's the same thing. Because a seer is a revelator and a prophet. So, if it's a prophet, seer, a seer is a revelator and a prophet, and then he's also... Uh,
0: Just carrying on the tradition of being verbose without saying anything. Yes. <laughs> So verse 17, but a seer can know of things which are past and also of things which are to come. And by them shall all things be revealed or rather shall secret things or secret things uh-huh. be made manifest. He likes to tell people that he knows secrets just to make himself seem special.
1: This was his original con was telling people he knew where the secret treasures were buried. He knew where right. the Spanish minds were. He knew where the gold of Captain Kidd was. That was his secret thing. He was a seer.
0: Right. And whenever somebody has a secret, there's usually some way that it can be used to manipulate people. The truth of the secret is very, very boring. Psychologically, it's not boring. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) So, shall secret things be made manifest and hidden things shall come to light and things which are not known shall be made known by them. Well, then they wouldn't be secrets anymore, Joseph. You don't want to do that. And also things shall be made known by them which otherwise could not be known. Oh, see, once again, he's doing that thing where I feel like he said the same thing over and yes. over again. And I'm not going to read it again to find out. I just know that he did.
1: That's exactly what he did.
0: <laughs> he's so tiresome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Verse 18, thus... God has provided a means that man, through faith, might work mighty miracles. Therefore, he becometh a great benefit to his fellow beings. God has provided a means that man through faith. Oh, okay, he's talking about gifts. And therefore, by God working through a person, they become a benefit to their being. Yeah. Verse 19, and now when Ammon had made an end of speaking these words, the king rejoiced exceedingly. Oh, did he? And gave thanks to God, saying... Doubtless a great mystery is contained within these plates, (laughs) and these interpreters were doubtless prepared for the purpose of unfolding all such mysteries to the children of men. Did actually describe the interpreters. I don't think he did, did he? He just said that they were interpreters.
1: No, I haven't studied this. I wonder if this is something that was changed because the whole interpreter thing, as I understand it, came into being well after he translated the Book of Mormon. I
0: think you might be onto something there. All right, Do you want to read the last two verses? Verse 20.
1: Oh, how marvelous are the works of the Lord, and how long <laughs> doth he suffer with his people, yea? And how blind and impenetrable are the understandings of the children of men, for they will not seek wisdom, neither do they desire that she should rule of what? what?
0: Wow. What? A woman ruling over a man, even though what? a woman in the sense of a uh, idea more than a person.
1: Oh, <laughs> how blind and understanding of the children of men that will seek wisdom is feminine. I think is what they're saying. Yeah,
0: I think even in the Bible, wisdom in like Proverbs and stuff was written about in the feminine form, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, the footnote, wisdom, a feminine noun in Hebrew and Greek. Mm. Uh, and then they refer to Proverbs 9, one and Matthew 11.19. Of
0: course, the Greek God of wisdom, or well, one of them, I think was right. female as well. I forget which one it was. Athena. That's it, Athena.
1: God of reason, wisdom, and war sharp
0: <laughs> i was trying to remember that cena episode mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah cena taught me so much
1: there you go <laughs> <laughs> You finish? No. No, I don't think so. I got to strike a Okay. <laughs> oh, how marvelous are the works of the Lord, and how long doth He suffer with His people? Yea, and how blind and impenetrable are the understandings of the children of men? For they will not seek wisdom, neither do they desire that she should rule over them. Yea, they are as a wild flock which fleeth from the shepherd and scattereth and are driven and are devoured by the beasts of the foresteth
0: <laughs> that's probably long enough we can leave chapter nine for another time
1: yep all right cool well you have a good remainder of the day
0: <laughs> yeah good night jones thanks for the okay. See you. yep all right
1: okay bye.